Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue, the podcast. Every relationship begins with you and it does. Every single relationship begins with you. And today I'm going to answer a plethora of questions that I'm consistently and constantly asked. And I love these questions. Um, I'm going to touch on each one a little bit today. And then over the next month or so, I'm going to kind of go deeper into each question. So, um, so let's keep an open mind, right? So an open mind means you see infinite possibilities. You can understand that there's not just one way, that there are multiple ways, that there's multiple ways to find the healthy, loving relationship, that, that anything can be yours. You can do anything. You can be anyone you want to be. That's an open mind. And when your mind is open, you see infinite possibilities. So open it, right? Okay, let's get going. Let's get going. So here's one of the main questions I um, asked all the time. Can you heal in a relationship? Absolutely yes. 100% you can heal in a relationship. Yes. Um, what is do I do that most co- coaches, therapists do not do? When a codependent comes to me, and I'm going to also touch on the word codependency, by the way. When a codependent comes to me, and they are in the toxic relationship from hell with the narcissist, okay? And they are basically dying inside. Um, I never, ever tell them to go no contact. Ever, ever. And you know, it's um, going no contact for a codependent in the middle of a relationship with a narcissist basically says, I'm going to ask you to do something that goes against every cell in your entire body. I'm asking you to do something that is going to activate your central nervous system and it's going to, your brain is going to just explode on fire. Take an anxious, preoccupied, and put it on steroids. That's a codependent, okay? And I'm talking like almost Odin on steroids. If I do that, there is no chance of healing for the codependent. Why? Because the, enti- the entire time, guess what we're doing? We're talking about, oh, the narcissist. I don't want to talk about the narcissist. I don't want to talk about him or her. I want to talk about you. I want to heal you. So one, and, and what happens is this, you know, but I do set some boundaries. One is I'm not going to try to heal the relationship with the narcissist. I will not do it. I'm going to heal you. And you will then decide um, most of the time, you know, you, you're going to leave. You leave all the time. I deserve better. I'm more, I am way more deserving than this. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. Yes. Oh my God. Right. And then even, you know, and, and this will not happen with a narcissist, but if it's a dismissive avoidant, a lot of the times a dismissive avoidant will come to the plate. They will say, whoa, what happened here? You know, and some, and a lot of the times it's too late for that dismissive avoidant. Because the anxious preoccupied or the codependent, most of the codependent has found themselves. So I do not tell you to go no contact. And here's another reason why I do that is because I would, I don't know the percentage, but I would tell you, I would say and guess it's very high that the codependent that is told to go no contact and tries it and can't do it feels guilty and shame and they do not want to go tell the therapist or the coach, I couldn't do it, I'm sorry, because then what happens? Then the therapist, well, why couldn't you do it? Well, so now it just brings on more guilt and shame, so they quit therapy or they quit, you know, their work. And 
um, hi, that's not really good when they quit because they're feeling shameful and guilty because they couldn't do what the therapist or the coach said. That's the opposite of what I'm trying to do. So, of course, no way. Stay, stay. You know, I've told my clients before, you know, they come to me freaking the hell out because the narcissist left them. You know, and, and we can't get over. I go, do you want me to help you get the narcissist back? Because I can do that. I can 100% help you pull that narcissist back in your life. 100%. No problem. I don't want to, but if that's going to calm you down, fine. Sure, let's go get him back or her back. Are you going to heal then? Are you going to pay attention? Then I'll help you get him back or her back. That sounds insane, doesn't it? I get it, but it always works. I'm for transformation, healing, and change, not for shaming and guilting people and for making them more anxious and more worried. And that's the truth because it can, it takes one person to heal in a relationship. One. And now let's take not the codependent, the narcissist, just let's take the anxious, preoccupied, the dismissive, avoidant. You know what? I would say what happens with those two combinations is they one of the anxious preoccupied is usually the one that will heal and the dismissive avoidant makes a decision am i ready to be vulnerable or not but here's the greatest news once the anxious preoccupied is healed it doesn't matter if it it's wonderful if the dismissive avoidance says yeah i'm ready but if they don't the anxious preoccupied is ready to say nope i'm moving on okay so then we'll go deeper into that another time another one what is the difference between the anxious um, preoccupied and the codependent simple the narcissist. The narcissist is the difference. If you are with a narcissist, the gaslighting tools, the love bombing, all of it will take an anxious preoccupied and throw them into codependency and massive codependency. Now, what does that mean for the codependent? Were they actually never codependent? Well, codependency and anxious preoccupied are pretty much the same thing. It's just really who's activating your, um, your triggering, your uh, central nervous system, who is triggering the reactions, who's triggering you to spiral. That's the difference. You see, a dismissive avoidant will dismiss and avoid, and yes, that will trigger you, okay? But it's not going to do anything near what the uh, narcissist does to you, okay? Um, here's why. Because when the dismissive avoidant dismisses and avoids sure you get panicked you absolutely do i'm not saying you do not but however the narcissist sucks you in with love bombing they treat you and give you um and talk to you like oh oh my god you're making my whole entire body feels so good because I'm finally getting the love I never had and I'm finally feeling my needs and my voice. You're doing it actually. And oh my God, I never want to forget this feeling. I never want to let this feeling go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you are so happy and exhilarated. And it's like, and I'm going to be, I'm serious about this. They say, I've never done heroin. <laughs> I'm just not that person. But that when the first Part of the reason you get addicted to heroin is because the first time you shoot up heroin, it's so amazing and you keep chasing that high and you'll never find it again, right? Well, what happens with the codependent? They get high on gas, on love bombing and and then that only lasts for a certain amount of time and guess what they do? They keep chasing it, but they never get it again. Maybe briefly, but never get it again. Instead, they get gaslit and made like to feel like they're crazy. Now... A dismissive avoidant, 
might love bomb a little bit. Not really. They're not love bombers. And they're also not gaslighters usually. They sometimes they're just going to dismiss and avoid. And yes, it is going to trigger you. And yes, you will, um, you know, be triggered and your activating strategies will come in and your protest behaviors will come in. But the narcissist, I mean, sorry, the dismissive avoidant is not going to play games with you. You will just have to get over them. They'll leave. The narcissist will keep going back and forth, back and forth. That's the difference. That's, the, that's really the biggest difference between the two. Okay. And um, a codependent has a much harder time letting go. A much harder time letting go. So, um, okay. So can the, and I kind of answered this, but can the anxious preoccupy the dismissive void and find peace together? And he, yes, they can. They absolutely can. Like I said, the AP comes they heal, the dismissive avoidant makes a, you know, a decision. Am I ready or not? Can I be vulnerable? Can I allow intimacy into my life without fear? That's totally, you know, um, it's up to them. And obviously, where are they at in their journey? Usually a dismissive avoidant does not come to that point of being able to um, let love in, intimacy in, and be vulnerable until... 30s in their 30s i mean it's not it usually does not happen in their 20s um it takes a lot it takes a lot of time um and that's why the dismissive avoidant you can't i well i can't make anybody heal and nobody can make anybody do anything right um a person has to be ready it, it basically has to be harder to stay the same than change and the dismissive avoidant has to be tired of being dismissive avoidant they have to be tired of running from loving people they have to be exhausted from it right so um now if you look at in, in, in you know most people who fall most people who fall in love do it kind of it's in a conditional way okay so we find a condition to appreciate about someone else and that condition you know um, that we're focused on induces love. Well, what condition are we focused on with the narcissist, the love bombing, right? What condition are we focused on in with the dismissive avoidant? Whatever side, the, the side they're showing us in the beginning that is able to be loving. I'm not, remember, I'm not saying the word vulnerable or intimate because that's not ever really happens, but you see a loving side and you see possibilities and you're falling in love with that condition, Okay, so now what happens then, you know, you know, we foolishly ask, tell me a little bit more about yourself. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not saying it's foolish to ask that we have to. I'm just saying it's like Jesus, as soon as we ask it and the floodgates open. And what happens is either the codependent or, you know, is like, let me rescue you. Let me rescue you. Let me save you. You know, and and why? You know, I actually had a, um, a client or potential client the other day say to me, you know, my therapist told me that I just like rescuing people. I go, you do not like rescuing people. And I'm not saying that the, you know, the bad mouthing a therapist. I'm not. But we do not. Co I was a codependent. Severe. Okay, severe, the worst of the worst. You know, not not me, I'm bad, just the worst of the worst symptoms, triggering. Anyways, we don't like rescuing people. We don't want to save you. We want you to love us. That's it. That's it. I don't want to rescue you. I don't want to pick up your crap. I don't want to, you know, oh, stroke your ego all the time. 
what I want is your love and support. Right? That's it. And the only way a codependent thinks they can get the love and support is through rescuing and taking care of people. Right? See, the anxious preoccupied will actually seek healthy relationships, right? They don't, they will find the unhealthy most of the time, but they're not, they're not so, they don't always go, they don't go, the anxious preoccupied doesn't go into the relationship going, let me rescue you. The codependent wants to fix and rescue somebody. Why? So that person, and it's the same with the anxious preoccupied in a way, but it's about if I rescue and I save you, you will not leave me. You will not abandon me and you will love me and give me safety and security the way I desire it. What is what is your ecology? I've talked about this before. Your ecology is three things. It says it's love, safety, and security. And what needs to happen in life, um, for anything to happen in life, we our ecology needs to be intact. That means we need to feel loved, safe, and secure. Well, guess what? When you grow up in a dysfunctional, toxic, traumatic uh, environment, you feel loved, safe, and secure in a bunch of crap in a place that says you suck you're not good enough you're not this you're not that you are unworthy you will take care of me i'm i you know what i'm i know i'm your mom but i can't show you any emotions i don't really hug yeah i i can't do that yeah i'm your dad but i'm just going to keep disappearing on you and coming back um yeah i'm your i mean um yeah you never do anything good enough right so what do, what is that teaching children they feel loved, safe, and secure in that environment. Why? Because they have to. They have no other choice. Who's going to feed them? Who's going to put a roof over their head? Who's going to clothe them? The parents. So you have to be adaptable. You have to adapt that you are loved and safe and secure in an environment that is freaking insane on fire, a burning fucking house. So you wonder why you go into these relationships and you're seeking your love, safety, and security in all the wrong places? There it is. That's why. Okay, so the codependent can get their ecology met in any relationship, right? So the condition that they're looking for, right, is any love bombing. That's the condition they're attracted to. The anxious preoccupied is attracted to the possibility of the of the loving relationship. Now, here again, let me um, let me say this is that you have to understand that again. Remember. We're not wanting to rescue people, as that therapist said. No, we do not love rescuing. We just want your, you know, our ecology to feel loved, safe, and belong. We, again, I'm going to say it again. I don't want to rescue you. I don't want to take care of you. I don't, I don't want to be your rescuer. I just want you to give me what I need. So that leads to the thing, what, well, what happens is when, oh, mm, it's, you say, I've been good long enough. You're not meeting my needs. I've, I've been rescuing you for a while now. Yeah, I've been really picking up your messes. And you're not, yeah, it's time for payback here. Where is it? Snap to it. I'm ready. Give it, to, give, me, give it back. Give me the love. Give me the support. Give me the needs. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. You're not going to give it to me. You're not going to give it to me. Okay, protest behaviors. Then I'm going to persecute you. If you've never listened to my episode on the dreaded game, go listen to it. I'm going to do another one because it is so damn good. Um, actually, it's my fourth lesson, module one in my course, Tackling Toxic Relationships, which, by the way, is such a freaking excellent do-it-yourself course. Amazing. Amazing. And, and that lesson alone... It's worth the $200 that the course is. It's, uh, but anyways, so now what happens is for the act, let's talk, take the anxious preoccupied and the dismissive avoidant. 
well, the, their conditions that they fell in love with aren't being met. So the anxious, what do they do? They run towards the demissive avoidant and fear, desperation, aggression. Because I don't care what you say, aggress, it is aggressive to um, give somebody a silent treatment to make them pay. It's aggressive to say, you took 15 minutes to text me back, I'm going to take 15 minutes to text you back. It's aggressive to show up at somebody's work. It's wrong on every level there is. And the dismissive avoidant, what do they do? Well, they're, you're not meeting their condition. What's their condition? Do not get too close to me for crying out loud. Didn't you know those were the freaking rules? That's the condition of me being in your life. You are not to get too close to me. Come on, back up. Well, so they, what do they do? Well, as you, the anxious preoccupied, run towards them with fear, desperation, and aggression, they run away. With fear and desperation. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh because it's, it's horrible for people. I've been there. I've been there. The fearful avoidant. Get questions about that all the time. The closest to a narcissist you will get is the fearful avoidant. They want you, but they don't want you. They actually do want you, but they're fearful of having you because you might hurt them. They are literally the anxious, preoccupied, plus the dismissive avoidant all in one, but with a lot of narcissistic tendencies. There's only 7% of the population that is a fearful avoidant. Thank God. They're almost worse than the narcissist. And you know why? Because the fearful avoidant will actually show true love at times. Right? But, they, but then they can't do it. So then they gaslight, manipulate, and lie. The fearful avoidant is the one to stay away from of all of them. And I'm sorry it is true. Can a fearful avoidant heal? Yes. Much more than the narcissist, because the one difference between the fearful avoidant, though, is they truly do care, right? They do, just like the dismissive truly does care. They do want that relationship. The narcissist does not give a shit about you at all, but the fearful avoidant actually hurts you almost more because they will give, and then they'll pull, and then they will give, and they'll pull, but it's not in, usually not in the way the narcissist gives and pulls. Okay, so... Um, is dependence healthy? That's the biggest thing because, you know, codependence, um, you know, is with everything now these days. We take words and we're like, um, that's a label and stuff. And I understand that. I do understand that. Nobody likes to be labeled and nobody likes to be, and I get that. It, but it's really hard to come up with another word. I've tried for codependency. I have really thought, I mean, I've Googled Synonyms of, uh, synonyms of of codependency. I've tried so hard. I've literally tried. It's it's hard to come up with another word for a word that fits so perfectly for the description of somebody that's codependent. They're codependent. Now, is dependency unhealthy in a relationship? Of course not. Dependency is part of a loving relationship. I can depend on you and you can depend on me in a healthy way. Codependency is I don't know where I end and you begin. That's the difference. I'm going to depend on you to give me love and everything else, everything that I need. And, um, and, and you're going to depend on me to give you everything you want. But none of it's healthy. It's not like you, you had a bad day. I'm going to, I can't, you know, I have a bad day. I can't wait to get home to my person because they're going to, I can depend on them to hug me, to make me dinner, to tell me it's going to be okay, to love me. I can depend on them that when we need to get this done for the, the house, it's going to get done. I can depend on them as my partner, as my lover for life, as my, my, my person. 
That's healthy. Dependency on each other is part of a loving relationship for crying out loud, of course. But codependency isn't healthy dependency. That's the difference. Um, what does a secure attachment style look like? Oh, great question. They're great conflict busters, right? You know, during a fight, they don't feel the need to act defensively, injure, punish, you know? You know, they don't want to escalate a situation. They're very mentally flexible. They're not threatened by criticism. They reconsider other ways. They're willing to do that. You know, they're effective communicators. You know, um, they expect people to be understanding and responsive. So they can actually freely, oh, what a concept, express their, you know, their feelings to their partners. It comes naturally to them without fearing that they're going to be left, they're going to be abandoned without fearing they're going to get yelled at because you've, you know, you've, the other person has taken it personally. They're not game players. They want closeness and they believe others want the same. So why play games? That's why I hate these dating game shit. Ah, uh, don't text back for five days. What? What the hell is that? That just keeps the preoccupied and, and the dismissive avoidance in fucking hell. Excuse my language, but it does. I mean, just please throw out those dating game rules. Um, and I'm going to do a whole podcast on that. You know, they're comfortable with closeness, obviously. They're, you know, and now when I'm, I'm going to say this is that um, they're not overwhelmed about boundaries. Okay. And this, I know this is hard for me to say because I'm always boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. But they know that if their person crosses like a little bit of a boundary that is like, you know what, I'm on when I'm in my office between nine to five, do not walk in and the, and the person's out. It's okay, right? They, they find it easy to enjoy, you know, um, closeness. You know, they seek intimacy and they're not afraid to be, um, what's the word I could use? It's enmeshed, meaning we're together. We are one. We are relational, but we all are, we're also autonomous. We're two separate individuals with beautiful lives, but we're enmeshed in a life together. See, that's the beauty of the secure relationship. They are quick to forgive. I forgive so quickly. It's ridiculous. Because I'm not saying I'm great. And I'm not saying that, and I'm not talking about forgiving the person that, you know, it's abused you your whole life. I'm talking about, you know what, I assume people's intentions, my children or anybody that my partner, my, everybody, that their intentions are good because my intentions are good. And so therefore, you know, I, I, therefore if, if, they're, if I can assume my intentions are good and their intentions are good, well, then why would I do something hurtful to them to get them back? And I wouldn't, no, 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 yeah. You know, they, 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 um, they know that sex and emotional intimacy are basically kind of the same thing in a way, right? That they can be emotionally close and sexually close. But they're two different things, but they're the same thing, yet there's two different things. Meaning, sex is important, and it's a beautiful thing to come, but emotional closeness is a different level. It's meaning, you're safe with me. Your emotions are safe with me. Okay? You know, um, and they treat their partners like royalty. They literally do. You know what? Um, 
That doesn't, they, they, and what does being treated with royalty mean? It means being treated with love and respect. Yeah. Yeah. It does. And they also feel that, um, you know what, they are, you know, they're, they're, they are responsible also for their partner's well-being. They don't see it as rescuing in order to get love. They see it as, you know what, this is the person I love. And I'm going to be responsive to their needs as they're responsive to my needs. And it's because we love each other, not because we're doing it to get something back, right? And they're and they're secure in their power to to um to like even improve the relationship, right? You know they have positive beliefs about themselves and others, and that's what a secure relationship is and looks like. Do you have it? If not, guess what? I'm gonna help you get it because how to unlock your attachment style from unhealthy relationships to Thriving Partnerships has been released. Right now, it's on Black Friday special. What does that mean? Pre-Black Friday special. 40% off the course. Okay? The, not only 40% off the course, you can pay in two payments. It's five weeks of massive growth and healing. Um, It will take you from, guess what? Anxious, preoccupied, dismissive, avoidant, if you're ready. Dismissive avoidant has to be ready, but if you're dismissive avoidant, I highly recommend because this is going to kickstart you into wanting love and trusting it. Um, into from that map to the secure map, it's insane. I'm putting the link to the um, to the uh, to learn all about the course and sign up here in this comments. Um, or not the comments in the what's this about uh, episode thing, um, and click on it. Click on it because you will die what you're about. I'm going to teach you. You will then can honestly will be able to say 2022 is the year that I have found the thriving partnership, whether it's with who you are with right now or someone new. And if you're dating, oh my God, get the hell in this course right now. Plus, there's a plethora of bonuses besides the 40% off. I'll put the link in. I care. I love you. I love, love, love my job. I love my work. I love my clients. Oh, of course, I love my children. I love my dog and my dog, my grand puppy, Lottie. I love you, Lottie. I love life. I love looking out my window right now while I'm, you know, recording this podcast. Every day is a great day and every day is better than yesterday. And if you can say that truly, and if you can look at life in gratitude, everything else is going to just happen for you. Talk to you soon.